On Wednesday, February 14, 2018, at approximately 2.30 p.m., 19-year-old Nicholas Cruz opened fire at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, killing 17 people and wounding 13 survivors, including two people who remain in critical condition. The suspect was reportedly armed with an AR-15-style rifle, countless magazines of ammunition, a gas mask, and even smoke grenades, as he set off a fire alarm and brought students out from their classrooms and into the school hallways prior to the shooting. According to student Noah Parnas, we saw a bunch of teachers running down the stairway and then everybody shifted and broke into a sprint. I hopped a fence. Student Max Charles said, We were in the corner, away from the windows. The teacher locked the door and turned off the light. I thought maybe I could die or something. Upon escaping the school, Charles saw four dead students and one dead teacher before connecting with his mother. I was happy that I was alive. She was crying when she saw me. Cruz was apprehended on Wednesday and charged on Thursday with 17 counts of premeditated murder in the third deadliest school shooting in American history. He actually filtered out with the students and escaped the scene. Cruz had been previously expelled from Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School for disciplinary reasons, but school officials refused to provide specifics. Various school students have suggested that Cruz was kicked out for bringing knives to school, was once found with bullets in his backpack and got into a fight with his ex-girlfriend's new boyfriend. It has also been reported that Cruz was previously considered enough of a threat that an email was circulated warning against allowing him on school grounds with a backpack. According to high school math teacher Jim Gard, who actually taught Cruz, we were told last year that he wasn't allowed on campus with a backpack on him. There were problems with him last year threatening students, and I guess he was asked to leave campus. So this is important. He's 19 now. Last year, he was 18. Now, if he was 18 when he made these threats, he's an adult making threats after showing up at school with bullets in his backpack and bringing knives. So he's bringing weapons to environment and he is threatening students as an adult. Why is he not charged? Why is he not charged? If he had been charged, he would have been unable to buy a gun, I assume. If he had been charged, he might have been taken off the streets. We'll see the dominoes of institutional failure again and again in this horrifying situation. According to Superintendent Robert Runcie, we received no warnings. Potentially, there could have been signs out there, but we didn't have any warning or phone calls or threats that were made. On the morning of the shooting, Cruz told the husband of the family he was staying with that he wasn't going to his GED class. Quote, he said, it's Valentine's Day and I don't go to school on Valentine's Day. According to the family's attorney, Jim Lewis, they just blew it off. This is some 19-year-old that didn't want to get up and go to school that day, and they left it at that. According to Broward County Mayor Beam Fur, he had been going, he had been undergoing some mental health treatment. 
We can't go into detail on that. I don't know if he was exactly on law enforcement's radar, but it wasn't like there wasn't concern for him. He had not been back to the clinic for over a year, so there's been a time where he was receiving treatment and then he stopped. It wasn't like there wasn't concern for him. We try to keep our eyes out for those kids who aren't connected. In this case, we didn't find a way to connect with this kid. He's making threats, bringing weapons to school. We'll get to his social media footprint, which is bloody and deep. Can you not monitor his social media? His mom died. Cruz is being held without bail and reportedly on suicide watch after threatening to kill himself. Cruz's public defender, Melissa McNeil, said, When your brain is not fully developed, you don't know how to deal with these things. That's the child I'm sitting across from. He's sad. He's mournful. He's remorseful. He is fully aware of what is going on, and he's just a broken human being. I guess it's good for the legal system that some people are willing to do that job. According to former classmate Brandon Minoff, quote, He always just seemed very quiet and strange. When I got assigned to work with him, he started talking to me. He told me how he got kicked out of two private schools. He was held back twice. He had aspirations to join the military. He enjoyed hunting. I guess so. Former class rate Joshua Chado said, All he would talk about is guns, knives, and hunting. I can't say I was shocked. From past experiences, he seemed like the kind of kid who would do something like this. He used to tell me he would shoot rats with his BB gun, and he wanted this kind of gun, and how he liked to always shoot for practice. Former classmate Drew Fairchild said, He used to have, like, weird, he used to have weird random outbursts, cursing at teachers. He was a troubled kid. Former classmate Daniel Huerfano said, Cruz was that weird kid that you see, like a loner. Former classmate Nicholas Koch said, He had a lot of problems in middle school. You never think anyone you know is going to do something like this. Former classmate and fellow junior ROTC program attendee Giovanni Watford said, He was off. He was super stressed out all the time and talked about guns a lot and tried to hide his face. Former classmate Mike Watford Cruz often said how tired he was of everyone picking on him and the staff doing nothing about it. Something definitely pushed him. Former classmate Victoria Olvera said, I think everyone had in their minds if anybody was going to do it, it was going to be him. Former classmate Matthew Walker. A lot of people were saying it was going to be him. A lot of kids threw jokes around saying that he was going to be the one to shoot up the school. It turns out that everyone predicted it. That's crazy. He was going class to class, just shooting at random kids. Everything he posts on social media is about weapons. It's sick. So the kids do. And you can see there are likes on his posts. 17 likes here. They saw, they knew, they talked about it, they discussed it amongst themselves. The kids knew. The adults did what? Former classmate Brent Black said, About a year ago, I saw him upset in the morning, and I was like, yo, what's wrong with you? And he was like, um, don't know. And I was like, what's up with you? He's like, I swear to God, I'll shoot up this school. And then I was like, watch what you're saying around me. And then I just left him after that. He came up to me later on the day and apologized for what he said. 
Like, I'm not one for micro-policing of everybody's statements. But if you put these kinds of statements in conjunction with the social media posts, with other posts that he had, this is not someone in desperation saying, oh, I could just kill that guy. Quoting his own son's comment to him, parent John Cristatelli noted that, if you were to pick one person you might predict in the future would shoot up a school or do this, it would be that kid. Former classmate Ocean Parody, I guess her parents are kind of a hippie, she said, or said, he always wore like really patriotic shirts that seemed really extreme, like hating on the Islamic religion. For example, he would say things such as like, he would degrade Islamic people as terrorists and bombers. I've seen him wear a Trump hat. Broward County Sheriff Scott Israel said, We've already begun to dissect his websites and things on social media that he was on, and some of the things that have come to mind are very, very disturbing. In September 2017, YouTube creator Ben Ben Knight reported Nicholas Cruz to both the FBI and YouTube for writing, quote, I want to be a professional school shooter as a comment on one of his YouTube videos. Good. Good for you, Ben. Report it to the authorities. Ben Knight reports that he was immediately contacted by the local FBI office and met with them the following day. Quote, They came to my office the next morning and asked me if I knew anything about the person. I didn't. They took a copy of the screenshot and that was the last I heard from them. Ben Ben Knight on February 14th, 2018. People leave pretty heinous comments on a pretty regular basis on this channel, and I really don't think anything of it. But this comment said, I'm going to be a professional school shooter, and I knew I couldn't just ignore that. I would like to think that they were already investigating this guy, and they had him at the top of their radar, and that's how they contacted me so quickly. I wish the information could have prevented this from happening. Well, I guess it's a pro tip, Ben. It damn well could have. Cruz used his name. This was not a screen name. This was not, a, he used his actual name, assuming that it's the same guy. He used his actual name. How, how complicated is this? How complicated is this? This guy with a real name writes something like this on YouTube. What do you do? Guy, you've got time to go interview the guy whose channel he, po- whose video he posted it on. What does that do? He doesn't know anything. Go to YouTube. Get an IP address. Do a search on social media. Find anybody who's got disturbing content. Figure out their age, what their history is, what's going on. Oh, this guy got kicked out of a school a bunch of times. God, I mean, everybody gives up their privacy. They search your secret messages. They wiretap. They save. They store. They capture. Why? To prevent violence. To prevent terrorism. Give up all these freedoms, all this privacy. And what do they do with it? God. They can't get round to actually doing these kinds of searches, the FBI, but by God, they're 100% sure the Russians hacked the election. The FBI made a statement. And I quote, In September 2017, the FBI received information about a comment made on a YouTube channel. The comment said, I'm going to be a professional school shooter. 
No other information was included in the comment which would indicate a particular time, location, or the true identity of the person who posted the comment. The FBI conducted database reviews and other checks, but was unable to readily to further identify the person who posted the comment. Do a search. Find disturbing content. Pick up the phone and ask. Or go to YouTube and say, hey, by the way. Or go to the NSA and say, by the way. Can you give a brother an IP address? Something really bad might be coming down. But no. But no. Because they're really, really busy performing fake investigations into Hillary Clinton's real crimes and real investigations into Donald Trump's imaginary crimes. They got no resources for stuff like this. Why do we give? We give up some of our freedoms in return for protection from the state. One job. Since the shooting, the YouTube creator Ben Knight reported being contacted by the FBI Special Agent Ryan Furr, who left a voicemail. I think we spoke with you in the past about a complaint that you made about someone making a comment on your YouTube channel. I just wanted to follow up with you on that and ask you a question with something that's come up if you wouldn't mind giving me a ring. (sighs) On Wednesday, Ben Knight was again visited by the FBI agents and again asked if he knew Cruz. They asked me if I knew who he was. I didn't. I don't. Then they left. Good job. Kraken. Detective work, FBI. Excellent. Well done. Woo. Leaving a smoking trail of Sherlock Holmes investigatory powers. They already, mm, you post something on someone's channel, they don't know who you are. They already asked him, I don't know who he am. Let's go back and ask him again. That'll crack the case. Now, nine months ago, an account named Nicholas Cruz, and for those just listening, it's N-I-K-O-L-A-S. It seems to be kind of like a Czech name, Czech Republic name. Anyway. An account named Nicholas Cruz made a comment on a YouTube video of the 1996 Texas University clock tower sniper saying, I am going to what he did. I'm supposed to be, I'm going to do, I think, I'm going to do what he did. So that's two. Nicholas Cruz's alleged YouTube account remained active until late Wednesday evening when it was taken down due to, and I quote, multiple or severe violations of YouTube's policy on violence. Well, you know, it's challenging for YouTube. You've got a huge amount of resources devoted to censoring conservatives and shielding Elsagate videos. So not enough time really to look into, I don't know, threats to shoot up schools? Promises, in fact. Not I want to, I'm going to. Priorities. Priorities. Nicholas Cruz's Instagram page was also a clear digital warning sign and cry for help. Cruz posted numerous photos of himself, wearing bandanas over his face and brandishing various guns and knives, dissecting and exploding lizards, the innards of a frog he said he killed. It's some dark, nasty stuff. And here's the challenge. The FBI has a budget of God knows how much money. There's a police force around. There are teachers. There are administrators. There are supervisors. There are principals. Huge numbers of layers. 
there were three sets of adults. We'll get to his origin story uh, in, in a sec. A lot of people. Here's an interesting question for you. After the shooting, how long did it take for people to find his social media footprint and figure out what kind of person he was? How long did that take? Five minutes? Ten minutes? Contemptible. So on his Instagram, Cruz posted one image that was a screen grab of Google search results for what does Allahu Akbar mean? Cruz captioned the photos, well, at least we know what it means when a sand durka says Allahu Akbar, laughing face emojis. Another image showed him wearing a red Make America Great Again hat while his entire face was covered by a bandana. I don't know how they know it was him, but that's what is reported. Now, there are rumors that Cruz was tied to a white supremacist organization in Florida. Well, there's still work being done on that. It's back and forth. It might just be a 4chan prank. And an article from Tallahassee.com was titled, Local Law Enforcement, No Ties Between Militia and Florida High School Shooter. That is a fascinating story. I was actually about to record this whole presentation when that broke. It's in flux, to put it mildly. And I will keep you posted on what comes down from that. But no ties according to local law enforcement, between the militia and this uh, white supremacist militia and Florida high school shooter. <laughs> and the media, if it does turn out to be a 4chan prank, and I'd put a little bit more than even odds that it is, you all need to stop being fooled by these genius trolls of chaos and revelation. So, Nicholas's youth. So, Linda and Roger Cruz adopted Nicholas and his brother Zachary when they were very young. Cruz neighbors Malcolm and Christine Roxburgh said, It was a wonderful idea, two older people, to have two little boys to look after. They were just kind people. Roger Cruz worked in advertising and died after a heart attack in 2004. So 2004, that means that Nicholas Cruz was five Linda, the mom, the stepmom, asked the daughter of neighbor Christine Roxburgh to take the kids after her husband died, but she declined. Now, we probably will never know, but I'm always curious, like, what happened, right? The husband of the father dies, and it's like, take these kids. I mean, that's unusual to me, and I don't know what age he was when he was adopted. We may never know any of those details. That rec Those records are pretty sealed. Neighbors report that police had been called to Linda's house multiple times, but no arrests were made. Ah, yes. The old, let's not give this kid a record so that he can go on the straight and narrow and achieve a wonderful stairway to the middle class. I guess that works sometimes, and sometimes it really, really doesn't. Neighbor Shelby Spino told the press that Nicholas had previously thrown eggs at her car, stolen, mails from stolen mail from neighbors, had bitten another child while growing up, and she witnessed him shooting at chickens owned by another resident. Yeah. Wasn't it Justin Bieber who got into a huge amount of trouble for throwing eggs at his neighbor's house? Stealing mail, that's a pretty significant offense. Shooting at chickens... Discharging a weapon in a residential neighborhood, shooting at somebody else's pet slash food supply. Uh, 
these all seem like kind of illegal things. But it's a good thing he didn't have a record, you see, so that he could go and get guns. Cruz, neighbors Malcolm and Christine Roxburgh described another issue related to animals. He didn't like the pigs and didn't like the neighbors, so he sent over his dog over there to try to attack them. I assume that's the pigs. A lot of farmyard animals in this aggregation of the worst conceivable kids' song ever. Neighbor Helen Pasquiola claimed that Linda would occasionally contact the police to get behavioral advice about her son. I think she wanted to scare them a little bit. Nicholas has behavioral problems, I think, but I never thought he would be violent. I, the, the time frame is kind of bouncing all over the place here. But what do I mean, never thought he would be violent? I mean, he's shooting guns in the neighborhood. He's stealing stuff. He's biting another child. He's, I mean, what do you mean, never thought he would be violent? Guy's taking bullets to school. He's bringing knives to school. He's talking about hunting and shooting and killing and he's torturing animals. Pretty big sign for some very dark aspects of the personality, right? You got fascination with fire, not with him, just in general. Fascination with fire, bedwetting past the age of bedwetting and torturing animals. That's your three right there. Another anonymous family member told the media that Nicholas had received counseling from a young age related to autism. She did her best getting him any help he needed. An anonymous family member told an ABC news station, Linda brought them up by themselves. She did the best she could. When Nicholas was young, he needed extra attention. She knew in school he needed extra help. Linda Cruz's sister-in-law, Barbara Kambatovich, said, They were adopted and had some emotional issues. Nicholas was being a problem. I know he did have some issues, and he may have been taking medication. He did have some kind of emotional or, or difficulties. Linda kept a really close handle on both boys. They were not major issues as far as I know, just things teenagers do, like not coming home on time, maybe being disrespectful. She goes on to say, Linda Cruz put a lot of time and effort into those boys, trying to give them a good life and upbringing. Linda dealt with it like most parents do. She was probably too good to him. She was a lovely woman. She was a hardworking woman. She made a beautiful home for them. She put a lot of effort and time into their schooling, their recreation, whatever they needed. She was a good parent. And she went over and above because she needed to compensate for being a single parent. I don't think it had anything to do with his upbringing. It could have been the loss of his mom. I don't know. Well... That's the Hamlet question, right? Hamlet lost a father. Claudia says, your father lost a father. His father lost a father. Lots of people lose their moms. It happens if we're lucky, so to speak, to all of us in that we get to outlive our moms. So the idea that the loss of the mom causes this. Now, when I was younger, I would say it was much more about environment. Now, in this case, not knowing anything about the birth parents, his biological parents, and not knowing anything about what might have gone on, or what age, in fact, he was adopted, what happened before his adoption, I'm a little bit less. It was the environment that he was raised in by the step-parents. There are genetics involved with these, and there are, of course, bonding issues that may not have occurred. Who knows if uh, the parents uh, had been uh, using drugs or alcohol. I mean, who knows, right? Who knows? So, I grow, I learn. Linda Cruz, his mother, died from pneumonia on November 1st. 
2017. After Linda Cruz's death, Nicholas and Zachary Cruz began living with a family friend. But allegedly, Nicholas didn't like the living arrangement and moved in with a former classmate's family. That's interesting. I mean, my mom left when I was 15 and we took in roommates and struggled. I didn't think to go and live with anyone else. Interesting. The new family encouraged him to get a job at the local dollar store and they were aware that he was in possession of a legally purchased AR-15, which they required him to keep locked to keep locked in a safe, but he reportedly had his own key. That seems significant. I don't know that you're really keeping it out of his hands if he has his own key. Family attorney Jim Lewis on Cruz's rifle and why the family allowed him to keep it. He's 19 years old. He's not a kid. And he brought many of his possessions into the home. This family did what they thought was right, which was take in a troubled kid and try to help him. And that doesn't mean he can't bring his stuff into their house. They had it locked up and believed that that was going to be sufficient, that there wasn't going to be a problem. Nobody saw this kind of aggression or motive in this kid, that he would ever do anything like this. Again, shooting up the neighborhood, bringing bullets to school, bringing knives to school, sicking his dog on pigs. I don't know. Somebody wants to come into your home. You say, hey, why aren't you in school? Oh, I got kicked out of a bunch of schools. Oh, I'd better Google that. Oh, my God. Look at that Instagram account. I think not. Where do you get this working at the dollar store? Where do you get the money for this stuff? Attorney Jim Lewis says they had strict rules about it, the gun, being kept locked in a gun safe, which is our understanding where the gun was locked. They didn't know how it got out. Well, um, one possibility is he had a key. Nah, that's too simple. It had to be something else. Teleportation. A tractor beam. Family attorney Jim Lewis says, He was a smaller kid, and there's some indication that there may have been some bullying going on. But again, he'd been away from the school for over a year and had never shared with them any contempt for the school or anybody here. No anger, just a lot of depression and stuff going on around the loss of his mother. I just want to pause here for a sec. I understand the horizontal view versus the vertical view. Horizontal versus vertical. Really, really important. The horizontal view is this kid's nuts. If anyone's going to shoot up the school, it's this kid. He's talking about guns. He's talking about hunting. He's talking about killing animals. He's talking about shooting rats with his BB gun. He's obsessed with weaponry. That's the horizontal view, right? That's what the kids know. Now, the kids don't have any authority in this matter. What do the adults know? Nothing. Nothing. It's a flat line. They have no clue. Things you have to say. Attorney Jim Lewis goes on to say, they didn't see a mentally ill person or they never would have let him live under their roof. They did not see any danger. They didn't see any kind of predilection that this was going to happen. And they're horrified, just like everyone else. The family is devastated. They didn't see this coming. They took him in and it's a classic case of no good deed goes unpunished. He was a little quirky and he was depressed about his mom's death, but who wouldn't be? They've opened their home up for law enforcement, the sheriff's office, the FBI, whoever it is to go through every stitch to see if they can find any clue in there to find why this has happened. 
Well, I think I've always said my piece about this. Family attorney Jim Lewis on how Cruz ended up living with a former classmate's family. Quote, They met at the school. The son needed the kid. He didn't have any place to go, so they gave him a room. They feel bad for Nick, but they feel more bad for everybody else, everyone else involved. The family is just as grief-stricken as everybody else. The young man was at the school yesterday when the shooting occurred, and he has lost friends. They just don't know what to say, and they don't want to talk to anybody. They're shocked. They cannot believe this. This family had no predilection, saw nothing coming. The alleged shooter didn't tip anybody, didn't call anybody, text anybody, or warn anybody that this was about to happen. Nine months previously, he was posting on YouTube. Jim Lewis goes on to say, The family didn't see anything. They said he was very respectful, quiet, and a little depressed about losing his mother, but never did they see anything violent or any aggression to the school or anybody else. They are totally shocked by this. Kids all knew. Adults who actually had some authority and some power know nothing. Family attorney Jim Lewis on Cruz's disturbing social media accounts. They're not social media people. They're parents. They're just not that kind of folks. And he's an adult and they tried to help him. But did they check up on him and follow him every minute of every day? They didn't. Because they didn't see any of the signs that would indicate that there was anything really amiss. That he was capable of something violent. So they just don't know how to run a Google search. They, like, they don't know how to look up somebody's name. They, they have no relationship to anyone in the neighborhood who ever witnessed anything violent, who ever witnessed anything uh, in terms of theft, stole from the mail. I read he stole from a garage, bit a kid, sicked his dog on a pig, shot chickens. What are they? <laughs> are they in some sensory deprivation chamber? Are they Ripley floating through space? I don't know. No idea. Former President Barack Obama said, We are grieving with Parkland, but we are not powerless. Caring for our kids is our first job, and until we can honestly say that we're doing enough to keep them safe from harm, including long-overdue common-sense gun safety laws that most Americans want, then we have to change. Yeah. Very important to keep kids safe from weaponry. Right, Obama? Very, very important. I don't know. How about you don't drop 100,000 bombs on the Middle East during the course of your presidency? Gun safety laws? How about a couple of drone safety laws? I could go on. Attorney General Jeff Sessions awoke from his dogmatic slumber to say, It cannot be denied that something dangerous and unhealthy is happening in our country. Every one of these cases, we've had advanced indications and perhaps we haven't been effective enough in intervening. That's not a good place to be, people, when Jeff Sessions is telling you that you're not being effective. Whew. It's like me calling you kind of bald. President Donald Trump said... So many signs that the Florida shooter was mentally disturbed, even expelled from school for bad and erratic behavior. Neighbors and classmates knew he was a big problem. Must always report such instances to authorities again and again. 
let us conclude. I mean, I, I've made the comments as, as we go along. I think it's fairly clear. A couple of things. Was he, was he on these psychotropics? Was he on these um, SSRIs? They've got black label warnings from the FDA that they can cause extreme levels of aggression. Why isn't the mainstream media looking into this connection? Because their wide open baby beak mouths are firmly attached to the drug nipples of the pharmaceutical companies who regularly shower them with ad money. So no, they're not going to look into it. It's up to the alternative media, the unbought media, the media that marries you rather than be your whore, the honest media, to point out this potential connection. Look into this. The number of shooters who've been on these drugs is quite significant. Will we find out? Probably not. Is anyone going to be held accountable? Is anyone going to be responsible? Is anything going to change? Quite probably not. So we do have to start looking out for each other. We do have to try and do something to rebuild these communities. And we have to just stop imagining that some agency, some other place, some other person is just going to handle these problems. And we have to stop lying about guns. Look, the shooting happened, in my view, in many ways, because there was this over-solicitous, over-tenderness, let's not give the kid a record. He did a whole series of things that are illegal. I've seen kids charged as adults when they're younger, far younger, than probably when this kid was doing some terrible stuff. So he did a whole bunch of illegal things, and he never got charged, to my knowledge. Because you charge him, you put him in jail. Now, if he's in jail, maybe he gets into fights. Maybe you keep him there. He's off the streets. He's someplace where he can't get guns and go and shoot children down in their school. Of course, when somebody has these kinds of mental issues, people need to be charged with taking care of them. But they're government workers. They're not that motivated. Things don't work out that well when there are no incentives. What are the negatives for failing to do this? And what are the positives for averting something like this or reducing its possibility? There's no incentives. Expecting this kind of proactivity on the part of mental health professionals, the FBI, the police, the superintendents, the team, what's the benefit? It's like expecting factories in Stalinist Russia, to be oh so efficient. Incentives are all wrong, all screwed up. Because the security and the safety, which used to be part of the community, has now been turned over to the state. And we have this weird thing where it's like, well, we don't want to charge kids because that's going to put them on the wrong path. It's going to give them a record that's really bad. Well, if you do this kind of stuff, you should be responsible for this kind of stuff. We need to have communities back. We need to have communication back. You know, if... I don't know where these, these people lived, and but... Go knock on the door and say, you know, there's something off about this kid. Here's the stuff you need to know. You're a whole bunch of kids in the school. You know all this stuff. Make a phone call to the people in the house. Say, hey, you got to check out this Instagram page. There's a lot of really disturbed stuff going on here. Something's got to do something. Stop waiting for other people to solve these problems. And stop lying about school stats. My God. An outfit called Everytown put out this, and it's been retweeted and, and, and reported on. 18 school shootings in 2018. No. No. Don't lie about things like this. Don't just immediately hop on the, the bodies of children to, to chest thump and trumpet your statist expansion of power lust. 
18 school shootings. You know what they included in these school shootings? January 3rd, I think it was the first one, 31-year-old man parked outside a Michigan elementary school and killed himself. The school had been closed for seven months. No teachers around, no students around, pretty empty. Abandoned building. School shooting. January 20th, 1 a.m., a man was shot at a sorority event on the campus of Wake Forest University. A week later at a basketball game, Michigan High School, someone fired several rounds from a gun in the parking lot. No one was injured. It was past 8 p.m. No classes. The classes had long ended for the day. School shooting. A group of college students meeting at a meeting of a criminal justice club in Texas when a student accidentally fired a real gun rather than a training weapon. The bullet went through a wall, then a window. No one hurt. Student really upset. Accident problem. School shooting. Stop lying about these things to pursue your goal of disarming the population. Because that is under the lie of gun control. There were a large number, I'm no lawyer, this is just my perspective, you understand, but there were a large number of laws that this kid broke where he was not prosecuted. He was not convicted. So, I mean, this kid was so far above the law his last name might as well have been Clinton. So thinking one more layer of legality is going to solve this problem is delusional. There are laws against just about everything heinous that I've talked about here, all the way from shooting at chickens, stealing mail, bringing weaponry to school, and shooting dozens of people. All illegal. Murder illegal. One more law is not going to solve it. Community involvement is going to solve it. Being proactive, making sure something happens to protect children. Problem is not guns. We're talking about school shootings here. The real danger is in the schools. So I'm going to leave you with something I wrote years ago. And you can get the context in, in, I have a whole presentation, The Truth About Gun Control. Put a link to it below. If you are for gun control, then you are not against guns because the guns will be needed to disarm people. So it's not that you're anti-gun. You need the police's guns to take away other people's guns. So you're very pro-gun. You just believe that only the government, which is of course so reliable, Honest, moral, and virtuous should be allowed to have guns. There is no such thing as gun control. There is only centralizing gun ownership in the hands of a small political elite and their minions. Thank you so much for listening and for watching. Please help out the show. freedomainradio.com slash donate.